Out From Work Podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. So welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 133 of the show today. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living creative full time. So if you're new to the show, this is where we interview artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, and creatives who are going after what they want to do instead of doing the things that they feel like they have to do. On today's episode, uh, we have someone joining us today that I think is going to bring a really unique perspective to the show because we're always talking about how do we go after the thing that we want to do. And a lot of times for creatives, that's about getting out of jobs, you know, that aren't, they're creative if they haven't made, you know, what they want to have happen yet. This is going to be a really interesting perspective from this person because we're going to be talking about essentially what jobs may work best for them really and what other ways that we can utilize the tools I was talking earlier before the show, like what's our new modern tool belt of what do we have as tools for creatives, entrepreneurs, and people going after their passion. And you know what? I'm sure we're going to get into stuff today, Torian, that is going to be something that may be they want to pursue that is their passion anyway, too, because some of the things that you're connecting with them with looks really interesting from the site. So I'd like to welcome on Torian Perky from Integrate yep. Up. She's co-founder of that company. And that's where they take people who want to work online and connect them with CEOs that need people to work with them because they're building out their team. And they take those two things of people that want to do this thing and they connect them together to do the thing is what I'm getting from it, essentially. Right. (laughs) That is that is what we do. I mean, we're officially a recruiting agency. Right. So CEOs come to us. They say, I'm looking for a certain type of person. And then we help them find that person. And we focus solely on people who want to work completely remotely. So when I found, you know, Dave, as I started to connect with you and I saw what you were doing, I just thought this is so exciting because the people who are listening to, you know, Dave are people who want the flexibility and the freedom to work their own way so Mm -hmm. that they can follow this creative life. And that is very much the type of people that we bring into the teams that our CEOs are looking for. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. So. Torian, like for people who haven't heard of Integrate Up, they they don't know you yet. Like I read through some of your background before the show. Like I I like to kind of read up. And once again, like you know, people who have been listening to the show, there's a lot of awesome, I call them renaissance people on here, where they're they've just they do a lot more things. And I talk about it all the time saying that people are complex. You know, people have multiple, multiple things that are important to them that make them that person. And it's really fascinating kind of seeing some of your backstory on the brief and some of the other different pots that you've got your hands in. So for people that don't know you or Integrate Up, do you want to talk about a little bit of like, you know, who is Torianne? What's Integrate Up? And like, how did this get to be what it is? Yeah, for sure. And as I'm going along, what I want to point out is while my story is going to be a little bit different than say a creative person who's looking to be an artist full-time, I think a lot of the principles are the same. So mm-hmm. I went to college. I loved musical theater, but I also, you know, I majored in Latin of all things, which makes me sound super boring, but you know, it was interesting to me. So I had all, and I wanted to be a teacher. That was kind of my thinking, but I ended up landing in publishing 
And I ended up publishing textbooks for a couple of years. And I was really happy. Like it was all about, wow. it kind of fed myself. And, and then after a couple of years, my husband and I, we decided to have kids. And what I knew about myself is I'm a 150%er. Like everything I do is at 150% regardless of what my hands are in. And I saw how I was when I worked full-time and I thought I can't be the kind of mom I want to be and work full-time. Yeah. And, you know, and I think I wanted to be that stay-at-home mom. That was really important to me. So I left corporate America. We were super blessed. My husband had the kind of job where we could kind of scrape by and do that without me having an income. And so I'm raising my family, right? So this is my goal, but Along the way, I'm just doing all these kind of random things. I'm teaching myself to play the guitar. I'm learning to garden. You know, I'm just like having, picking up all these hobbies. And one of the things I picked up just because I was super interested in it is like, I thought I just want to learn how to like build a website, like just randomly. I can't remember if I blogged for a little while. And I was like, this is really curious. So I remember sitting while my son is at a dance class, you know, he's like five or six, just doing whatever. And I'm, I've got a book open and I'm learning how to like, build an HTML, which you don't even need to know anymore, but so I'm teaching myself and I'm teaching my, I'm just always kind of picking up skills along the way. And then what happened is I decided I wanted to start a business. We, we decided to homeschool along the way. I swore I never would, but here we are. We're homeschooling. We're pre COVID homeschoolers. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Right. And so we're homeschooling. And at some point I realized I'm teaching other people how to homeschool. And so I thought, Hmm. Oh, you know what? Like, I think there's a business here and all like, I didn't realize that you could really learn. Like, I didn't know you could go to school for business. I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my life. And so I thought, oh, you get a job, you keep your job forever, or you go home and you raise a family. I only saw two options. Right, right. But my soul loved entrepreneurship. And so as I start to see this, I'm like, oh, I could probably teach other homeschoolers how to homeschool. So I built a little website and I start doing, I kind of start dabbling in this. I'm, I'm learning marketing. I'm just kind of, learning as I'm going. Right. Yeah. And I was able to get, collect people, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And so it wasn't making a lot of money. And granted, again, it would have been nice to make more, but we were kind of making do and I'm trying to do it kind of a lot around the edges while I'm raising four kids at this point, And I'm trying to homeschool. So it's kind of fitting in around the edges. A lot. Right. Like I think everyone can relate to that if you have this main thing you have to do, and then you're like trying to build this thing around the edges. And so I sign up yeah. for a course with a, some, a marketing person who's going to coach me on how to build my business. Cool. And I'm in her Facebook group. And one day she says, I'm looking for someone who could help me balance my books. If you're interested, message me. And I thought, you know what? I'm really good. That happened to be something, a skill I'd picked up to be able to run our family. I did all the books for our family. And I was like, I don't know. I'll tell her I can do that. So I messaged her privately. And I was like, I think I could help you out with that. And because she wasn't looking for an expert, she was looking for someone who was going to grow with her. Mm. She's like, okay, I'll hire you to do that. So I immediately went to like Barnes and Noble and bought a book on QuickBooks. And I was like, (laughs) I'm going to learn just enough that I don't sound like a fool when I get on. Just enough more than this other person that I'm dragging value to them always, right? Yeah. That's a sign of a very smart person. Because many people do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm all on with that because you are providing them what they need at that time. You just have to keep working to be ahead of them. Yeah. I, a lot of teachers do that. A lot of people who teach guitar or they teach business or whatever, they're learning 
but they might have a mentor or they have a course they're taking. They're trying to just get one step ahead of their people. So that's smart of you to, to do that. Well, thank you. And, you know, in hindsight, I really I didn't know what I was doing. And if she had known what she really wanted, she probably wouldn't have hired me. But sure. she did. And it was for minimal. I mean, it was just a little bit of money every month. It was on the side. I'm still trying to build my business. But after I'm with her doing that about four months, she said she recognized other skill sets in me. And she said, you know, I need someone to come in and help me write some course material for my people. Is that something you could do? And she'd seen some other skill sets because she'd also been coaching me. And and I said, you know what? I could probably help you do that. So then she hires me to help write her course. And then as I'm working with her that she says, you know what? I have a team of about five or six people. Would you like to come in and just kind of coordinate and manage all those people? And again, I am not qualified. I don't even know what this thing is called. Now I know it's called an online business manager. But at the time I didn't, I was like, uh, sure. And she's like, how much would you charge? And I thought, I have no idea. So I (laughs) kind of did a little research. I put my rate super low. And for the next, we worked for her for about 18 months. In my mind, I said, I have a paid internship. I now knew what this thing was called and I had kind of landed. It was very similar to what I'd been doing back in corporate America, building textbooks years and years before. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, there is a thing at home that I can do that matches my skill set. I had no idea this thing even existed and people pay people to do this and I can do it sitting in my basement while my kids are doing their other stuff. Mm. And that led to, and actually my current business partner, she was also hired to do something completely separate at the same place. So we met each other. Well, things happened. We moved on. That business kind of changed and she let some people go, which was fine. I moved on to doing that for someone else. My business partner moved on to doing things for other people. And about a year and a half later, she reaches out to me, my business partner, Lara, and she says, Hey, I have this idea. Do you want to come be like online business partners together? I said, Sure. So here we are. Now we're partnering. Six months later, we realize that there's no way we can take on the amount of work that they want. And Integrate Up is born because instead of doing the work for CEOs, we're now trying to hire and help CEOs. And we went mm. from just finding virtual assistants and a business man- online business managers to finding marketing managers and social media managers and all kinds of things. And that's where we are now. And, you know, the reason I tell you all those pieces is. If you had told me 10 years ago, I could sit in a room in my basement, I could work the number of hours that I need to work in order to make income for my family, that I get to set my own hours, that I get to dictate like when and you know what days I work, I would have said, how does that work? But here I am today, not only doing it for myself, but making it possible for lots of other people. And, And it's not because I like planned it all out. It's because I was willing to say yes. I was willing to take the risk. Every time I took that leap, I was terrified. I'm like, I'm not qualified for this. I'm faking it. I don't know what I'm doing. And I would just kind of like dig deep and say, I can figure it out. I can figure it out. I can figure it out. I only have to be one step ahead. And that, I mean, I still feel like I'm saying that half the time. I can figure it out as I'm going. (laughs) So that's my story. But that's, that's what everyone's doing though. You know what I mean? Everyone's just figuring out how they can be one step ahead of like what they're responsible for. But like, no one is just like, yeah, I'm good to go with everything. It's like you, you have to figure it out. And like something in you every time was saying that I don't know how to do this thing. I'm not able to do this thing, blah, blah, blah. But then something in you behind that came and gave it the push and said, but you're going to figure it out. And not everyone has that little push behind it to say, but I'll figure it out. And that's like, 
that's so helpful for being able to find those new opportunities and growth because you then put yourself in a position where now you have to learn more in that place because now you're there. You know what I mean? It's like taking an action to put yourself in a spot where now there's nothing that you, you, you have to now take more actions because now you're in a position where like you're on the field. Now you're playing, you have to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Once you say yes, then you're committed. Right. I'm not going to back out. And so it's either it's do or die at that point. And I think sometimes it's like if we go back to that very first impulsive message I sent about bookkeeping, I didn't really think through it. I didn't think through what was probably going to be required. And that was to my benefit. (laughs) I'd known. Right. So it was like, I think I could figure that out. If I knew too much about what I was getting into, I probably would say no a lot more. (laughs) But I, I think not knowing, being a little naive about what you're diving into is almost a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. I can. Yeah. I love that. Like recently, like I, I didn't tell you much about this bill, but it's like right now I'm renovating an 1850s farm into like a creative living space and like a cool. recording studio and an audio book and podcast center, like a whole stuff going down here. I had done a renovation for a house before, like a single family and not even down to the bones, just like floor, walls, ceiling, you know, like a kitchen. Like there were some bigger things that were not just paint, but I'm here now. And like, I was like, oh, I can, I can renovate that. Like a barn, I can probably turn that into a studio. And now I'm here and they're like, yeah, we need to drive trucks in and lift an entire 2,500 square foot barn up in the air and like all this crazy shit. And I'm like, when people ask me, they're like, dude, like, so you're like, you're really hands-on person, like big renovator, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, dude, I had no idea that I had to do any of this shit. I literally like, I knew enough that I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Just like you're saying, I was like, I've renovated this before. So I was like, I know I'm not going to know stuff about this, but I'll figure it out. But then once you're there, like, you're like, I don't have a choice. Like I, I have to figure this out. I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's like that naivetivity. I don't know if that's even a word that bit of being naive. It's like, it's ridiculous because people ask you, they're like, wow, you planned all this. I'm like, no, I'm an idiot. I am an idiot. I have no idea. I have no right to be here at all. But it's like that little bit of being naive paired with a little bit of confidence. And then, you know, a history of some things that are related in any way that you can connect to the brain, put you in a situation. And then I've found just from gut, like I've learned to trust my gut. It just happens to work out a lot. And it usually creates really interesting and unique experiences because you didn't know what you were doing and you had to figure it out. And that's always, you know, confines of having creativity. There always has to be a constraint, you know? So I love that. Following the naive, you know, it's okay to not know it. It's a good thing, you know? Well, and I think, and whether, you know, we're talking about renovating a place or we're trying, stepping into a new business or a new creative venture, there's also knowing that it's going to be messy and not being terrified that it's, you don't have it all figured out, that you're ready to embrace that it could be a little rocky in the middle. And rocky means sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, I literally, I'm like so deep into this. What was I thinking? And then, you know, and, and, and sometimes you think I like, this is going to crash and burn. And sometimes it does. Like I have done things where the end result, I'm like, whoa, I am never saying yes to that again. Like I learned my lesson, not doing that again. And, you know, because I have worked for people who have run out of money and then they don't pay me, right? Like that's the danger of contract work is that sometimes you don't get paid at the end. And so you learn, Mm. okay, 
how do I protect myself so I don't end up doing work where I don't get paid? And that doesn't happen all the time, but you only learn that painful lesson once, right? Yeah. Yep. So I think it's being brave enough to say, I'm going to survive the messy and I can figure it out. Yeah. And embracing it, right? Embracing yeah. the messy or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to make a quote. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like a good t-shirt slogan. Embrace the mess or something like <laughs> Embrace that. Embrace <laughs> the messy. All right. Coined for Torianne and Dave. All right. There we go. So we claim it. Hashtag. The next right? one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. 2021. This is Sweet. ours. Yeah. Right. Um, All of 2020 and 2021 could be embrace the messy because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Like yeah. everything is so mixed up and messy right now anyway, that I think that's, I think we're all living in that. Yeah. And trusting that you got up today, no matter what happened yesterday, says, I can do this. Like I can go one more day. And that really is, a, I think the trick is like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to figure out today. Mm. And I'm not going to worry about way, way, way down the road because I'm going to do all these. And every time I take a little step, then somehow I'm that much closer to the big, big sort of whatever the big goals are that maybe change, you know? So. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that point about I was going to ask you on that. So I have a couple of things that I want to break down throughout yeah. what you said. First of all, love the mom of four homeschooling. And I love the initial thing that you said about like, I thought that there was an A and B option. I thought I can, you know, I can work not from home, but I can work straight up and whatever. And I don't really get to be the mom that I want to be, or I don't get to see the children, or I can be a stay at home mom and, and not get to participate in this work component that is also fulfillment is also a piece of who I am. And I think, you know, like we've seen a lot of efforts lately, but I'm really bullish on that concept too, where like my mother, who is a very intelligent person, you know, she studied, she's really smart with business. And I am so grateful for her giving the opportunity of she chose to be that stay at home mom, because at that time for her, it just didn't work out to have these other options that you're noting right here. It just wasn't something available to her. And, but I see her like even now they're heading towards retirement and they're coming up with like business ideas of like, maybe we'll open up a car wash or maybe we'll, and I'm like, mom, what the hell are you doing? It's because that piece of her is like, I still have this part of who I am also other than just the mom and just this thing. And everyone really has to figure out for their own family or how in life that they want to work out. Like, what are these priorities to me? as a full person in every aspect. So I commend you for a, you at that time didn't see these other options. You're like, there's an A or B and then also moving forward through with that to become the mom that you wanted to be, to become that mom for four and in homeschooling and also create this other Avenue that worked with this. And then I'm sure with that story, leading the light for other moms out there that are like, hell yeah, I can be super mom. I can be super businesswoman. I can do all of these things. And I love seeing that come to light because we just, we need, we need more women to not get the raw cut of the deal when it comes to coming into that space with their superpowers, because we assume this old school way of how it is when we're living in a modern age and we have these tools that you're talking about. I love seeing that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, I think it's really important that if, if you have anyone trying to pick and choose, right? Every day, every, every life is given choices at all times. And right. And sometimes right. we get to do everything we want to do all at once. And sometimes we have to put things on the shelf for a while. Mm. 
And, and I think it's really easy. I remember when I was, you know, early on. So we had our kids, I was like 22, 23 when I had my first kid. So I'm really young. And I remember thinking this will be the rest of my life. I will not have time to do anything else. I bought into the whole, like your kids make you so busy. You'll never have anything else. And now that my oldest two have graduated, my other two are in high school my perspective has changed to, oh my goodness, life is really big. You have yeah. a lot of different times in life. Yeah. And just because you have to say no to something for a while doesn't mean you're saying no to it forever. And Love don't it. stop feeding those parts of yourself just because maybe now is not the right time. Yeah. Because if you love it enough, you will whether you want to call it manifesting or whether you get lucky, you know, however people like to call that, or, you know, there's some kind of God, you know, figure in your life and you get blessed at different points. Yeah. Life, life dishes you up opportunities all the time. Uh, This is super random, but in the spring, I got the opportunity. Someone showed up randomly in an email to apply to be on a game show. Super random out of my wheelhouse, right? To you, an email to you being like, Hey, I was, you know, and, (laughs) It would have been so easy for me to look at that and say, you know what? That doesn't fit in my life right now. Like who wants to do that? But I was like, dude, I'll just apply. We'll see what happens. And it turned out that I got, they asked me to be on the game show. And (laughs) I look at that and I think, okay, here I am. I'm 44. What right, quote unquote, do I have to say yes? Except I said yes. And again, terrified. I don't expect it to turn into anything except by saying yes. (laughs) To something new and different, I open the opportunity to have just new and interesting things happen. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Like sometimes like when I'm out and about, like I might be like traveling or something and I'll be in New York or like I'll be somewhere else. And uh, people will be like, dude, like you're always doing like these random crazy things. Like, well, how, how does this happen? And, I, and it's like exactly what you said. Like sometimes it is as simple as like, I just say yes to shit. Like it's not even like I, I don't have some superpower. I'm not like, I'm not getting some crazy thing. It's just like someone was like, do you want to take this opportunity to go write this song or do play this show? You know, my person fell out. Do you want to come play this instrument in the show or something? And I'll be like, yeah. And I'll like jump, I, I'm, I'm, I'll jump on a train and go somewhere. I'll do something. And it's just like, you know, do I have the money for the train ticket or whatever it is? And stuff like that can happen just because you're like, yeah. And then you're like, I'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> Those two things together. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes the <laughs> yes turns into something that's a dead end. And sometimes it opens up this whole world. And yeah. I think being open to randomness really opens up possibilities. We never know what we're going to discover about ourselves or other people. You never know who you're going to meet. But you, it doesn't happen if you just sit in your little bubble at home, hoping that the right path will show up. You right. create the path by sort of just saying yes to randomness a little bit. Obviously, yeah. goals are important, but I'm a big fan of the random yes. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Is there anything, Torianne, like with that real quick? And then there's some stuff that I totally want to tackle yeah. with your background, because we don't always have your background on this show for that, like, is there anything that helped you get to feel more comfortable with saying yes to the random or yes to the mess or yes to something where you didn't feel like you were there yet, but you just did it and you're like, I'll figure it out. Is there anything in that process for your own journey that you could share with people of like, this is, you know, looking back at it, I think this is what helped me say yes to those things. And what would you encourage others to, to do in that situation when they're like, they're feeling it, right? They see the email come in or they have the job offer or whatever. And they're like, 
uh, like I'm excited about it. You feel that in your stomach or something, but they're just like, I'm so nervous about this. I don't know if I could say yes or not. And a lot of people table it and they just go, I don't know. I can't do it. What, what contributed to that for you? What do you think goes into that decision of saying yes to those, those categories? You know, it's an interesting answer. I am not afraid of hard work and you can learn how to be a hard worker. Like people call it other lots of names, hustle Mm. or, you know, like 150 percenter filling out that application. I mean, we're using a random example, right? Filling out an application to be on a game show. It was a long application. It took me a couple hours on a Sunday when I was learning how to build a website. And I wasn't even doing that for anything. That wasn't easy. It was hard work, but that the reason I didn't actually bring that up, but like learning how to build a website got me specific jobs because I knew how to do tech stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, so one, not afraid that I'll like dig in and do the work. Like I'm willing to put in the time. Right. And I would say the second thing is the minute, the, the first, the, let's say the email comes in, the, like the invite to go be in some random gig. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've never done that before. Right. Or to try something new. The first reaction will be that, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. And then the second thought will be all the reasons why you can't. And it's learning to react to the gut first thing and not listen to all the reasons why you can't. Yes, yes. And I'm not saying it's hard to, it's easy to turn that off. And I think some people are better at turning that off. Like the really, like there's some people that just super impulsive and they don't even get to the second part. But I am, I am definitely like a planner. I'm definitely someone who like wants to have everything in orderly. That's what makes me a good business manager versus like a creative artist, right? Who I feel like a lot of artists who that part of me just struggles to be super creative sometimes because you just have to kind of let go and let things happen. Yeah, yeah. But either way, it's trusting the first thought and not the second, third and the fourth thought. Mm. And then just to throw this in here, knowing like a success breeds success. So, I, you know, I was doing something the other day and I got done and I was like, I think I nailed that at like 80%. So I have 20% doubt of this thing I've done. Right. And I'm thinking back and I'm thinking about all the things I wish I'd said differently and all this. And I thought I actually literally said out loud, no, I'm not going to focus on the 20%. 80% is pretty dang good. And next time I'll get to 85. Yep. So it's learning how to listen to the successes in any situation, even when it's messy and not the parts that didn't work. And then I feel like, oh, then I can do it again. If I can hit 80%, I can hit 80% is good enough this time. Next time will be 85% next time, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 No, I I love that. And I think that like, first of all, trusting your gut, like it's, it sucks because you can't like teach it. You have to have that win. You have to like do the first option where you're like, this is just what feels right. And like all your subconscious wants to fill up like, well, how are we going to back the evidence for that? And you have to be like, I just have to trust myself that like I have lived enough life and been right about stuff enough times that like this decision is the right decision. And that gut decision is like amazing because like I I read a book, I wish I remember which one this conversation was happening about, but I was like, yes, when it was talking about gut, it was talking about like, it seems like a rash decision when you're thinking about it. Because you're like, you know, you're like, what evidence do I have to back this? And you're like, I can't think of any. It just feels right. That sounds so stupid. But the gut decision oftentimes is these subconscious things that you've learned from patterns and like, you know, like the way that you ride a bike and it's like these intuitive pieces that you've just done repetitively throughout your life and it's worked. 
usually the gut decision is something that's based off of those repetitive things in your life that your body and mind have decided like, Hey, Hey, we've been here and it worked and it worked awesome. And that's why you feel that gut decision is because you're not thinking about it right now, but your body and mind have been there so many times. They're like, yes, Dave, this is the right thing. Yes. Torian, this is the right thing. We've got this. And that's why it's also such an awesome decision-making factor. And does it always work? No, because sometimes you fall off a bike. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're like, I know how to ride a bike, but I just did a really stupid trick that I don't actually know. Even though I felt confident because I've been riding a bike for so long, I just tried to do this jump and uh, I can't do jumps turns out, you know, but I love that gut piece that you're talking about. And I love that you're basically like not afraid on that piece. Yeah. And you only get there if you actually trust your gut. There is no shortcut to learning that, you know? And so you're not going to be as good at it at 20 as you are at 30 and then at 40. And you look at people when they're older and you're like, man, they just seem to like know themselves and they know what to do. And they're just good at doing that. Well, nobody comes out of the womb knowing how to do that stuff. Right, right. It is a skill you practice just like any other skill, whether you're learning licks on the guitar, whether you're learning how to paint a picture, whether you're learning how to do an Excel spreadsheet, it's a skill you can practice. Totally, yeah. And so I want to just break right out from like some of this and go into some of your background here where like, you know, I thought, you know, when I was looking at bringing you on the, the show when we connected, one thing that I thought was such a great thing to bring up when we were talking about earlier, you're like, this is the thing that helped me be the stay-at-home mom and teach my children and also create awesome businesses and do cool things. I think that like for creatives or people that are pursuing their passion, say it's not in the creative industry, but you just want to go after whatever it is. And people have been sitting in, in jobs that are not working for them. We have some amazing tools at our ability. And when you're talking about the past two years with the COVID, it's been incredible that it took this, like it's, it's really unfortunate really that this is what it took to catapult our society into this next, I believe a next evolution of really like what we can do. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. Like, but it's, it's so funny because you talk to people and you're like, yeah, some of our infrastructures got sped up to be able to accommodate better. But it's like a lot of these things have been around for like 10 years, though. You know what I mean? A lot of tools like you could use Skype to do mm-hmm. the things that Zoom does a while ago. There's a lot of things that we could have done a while ago to be able to conduct business, be able to conduct relationships and events and all of these crazy things, maybe not as well, but still earlier. But now all of a sudden, the past two years, we have had to. But I guess just on that note, like, what are some things that you're seeing? Cause you're, you're seeing that with integrate up of like who you're connecting with people who are all people who want to work virtually work with people doing really cool jobs. These jobs are so important for people who want to go after their passion or create a business or be a creative, or maybe they just love these jobs that you have available anyway, because they're changing their life, which is ultimately all of this is about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that that's so valuable to, get into some of these jobs and a lot of people still don't know what they are. Like what, what are you seeing in the, the, the work at home or remote working or this environment that is really now strong? What are you seeing in that with what it's able to do to provide people different day-to-day, different quality of life and different ways to utilize their time? Like you were saying with how you work till you're done or whatever it may be out there, you know, what do you see in that space? Yeah. So Oh my goodness. Just to, to reference your COVID sort of like the world has changed. It took a, of course, tragic cataclysmic event 
to force almost every company to say, how am I going to do this remotely? Right. Right. And everybody last March, 2020 was painful as every company, March and April, they're saying, holy cow, how do we hold meetings online? And everybody's learning how to do Zoom. And the value, like there's always silver linings, no matter what the event is. The silver lining is exactly what you're saying. And so people are realizing and have realized, wow, there are so much that we thought had to be done in person that can now be done remotely. And we are seeing across the board. Yes, of course, some companies are going to come back in house as soon as they can, but they're learning they can remotely accomplish as much or more in a lot of ways. So knowing that, that means the world of working remotely has opened up significantly just in the last year and a half, which makes it so exciting for anybody who wants to work remotely. Right. And the other thing I would say is as I start listing some specific things, I would say if you know how to do something like online, like if you know how to do anything techie, you can find somebody who will pay you to do that. You might have to learn a skill set. You might have to learn an industry a little bit. But for example, I mean, I'll give you some examples that are really, really popular. So a virtual assistant is a super hot job right now. And I'm not talking about someone who gets paid seven bucks and lives overseas. I'm talking about these pay good, decent wages. And you can be everything from someone who helps the CEO, you know, book their travel to your answering customer service emails. And if you're, you know, and these tend to be more organized type people, right? And then there's people who come in to do social media and manage social media. This is a super hot job. So this is something where, you know, social media, you've grown up using social media, you get how influencers post, you know, you can just kind of intuitively understand that if you don't, you enjoy social media, you want to learn you can get hired to run somebody's social media. Are you a creative and you're good at writing? Learn how to write. Being a copywriter is different than being a ghostwriter. A copywriter writes all those emails that show up in your email box, right? But are you a musician and you're good at like taking your songs and putting them into whether it's, you know, Sibelius or Finale or whatever software? You know what? There is someone who will pay you to do that with their music. Right. So if you have... And whatever you're interested in, guess what? Do you like art? And you've got to know how to do digital art. I'd be shocked if there isn't an artist out there who knows how to do oh, digital art, right? Absolutely. So, Especially with NFT world blowing up and like exactly. a lot that we're going to be covering so, soon too. Totally. Yes. Feed your artist's soul. Don't give up on that creative passion. But does that mean you can learn how to design really cool logos and someone will hire you to do logos? Absolutely. Does it mean that you could be hired to write, you know, lick music behind intro videos. Like I'm not saying that this is the work you're going to want your legacy to be, but you have skills that are transferable into businesses that will pay you for what you do. Right. Right. And, and so I, my recommendation is if someone is really into this, they're thinking, okay, I am so tired of sitting in an office. I want that freedom my first recommendation is get on a couple sites like Fiverr, which is spelled F-I-V-R-R, get on Upwork.com or just literally Google do X from home or like music from home or whatever. Yeah. Like you're going to Google what you're good at. How can I make money as a writer from home? Like Google's how we start, right? How can I make money as a video producer at home? Podcast producer is a huge one, right? Learning how to just edit and pod, like produce podcast episodes. Guess what? You will, they'll start to like, you'll start to find things. You'll think that is something I could learn how to do, or I already have 80% of the skill set. 
how do people get jobs in this world? And there's lots of ways to do that. Some are much more organic. Some you're actually applying for jobs. But there, the important thing is to not say, well, nobody wants my kind of like my creative soul could never make it online. Right. That is a lie. I believe anybody, there is something for everyone who has that creative soul, as long as they're willing to figure out a marketable way that other people are willing to pay for that skill that they've developed in the creative side. Yeah, no, I think, so I love, I love that. Like, first off, just the ability of that freedom, like a lot of people, they work a job that doesn't work well for them as the day-to-day and it's not aligning with their creative anyway. So like they're automatically like getting energy sucked from them. But then also like just like straight up the day-to-day, if that alone could be freed up with how they do the work, when and where and how they do the work, that alone would make so many people out there listening very happy. Where like right now, I, I don't do online. Well, I do sometimes though. But like I do like for I have a day job right now doing sales and it's very much like whatever I choose to do is what I get, you know, like Mm -hmm. you eat what you kill. And and so it's like (laughs) that that allows me, you know, some people would be stressed out by that. But there's other jobs like when we're talking about the online mediums that will give you the same vibe. But it's like I control my week and that allows me to if I need to hit up contractors for a day, if I need to renovate for a day, if I need to do mixing for bands or I need to do an audio book or I need to do my podcast or any of the things that are like me as Dave Swillam as the person, I control exactly what's happening all week long. And this has been the most growth I've ever had in my life because I control my life again, you know? And I think that online jobs and contract work and working for something that you're, you know, you're working with, connecting people with Integrate Up, these positions sometimes like, you know, like like I've met people and and they're like an amazing whatever, right? But they've just been working in the kitchen industry forever or they've been working in the hotel and, or whatever. They, they, they just keep doing it because they are used to it. They've been doing it and they still do those things that are the side hustle at night and weekends. And I think that what those people need to be aware of because they just might not know is that it doesn't have to be nights and weekends anymore. It also doesn't have to be an on location that's wasting your commute time. It doesn't have to be all these different things. There's a way now, especially with more and more and more and more over the past two years that are allowing people to control the way that they want to live. Even if we're just being as basic as like, forget career stuff, forget passion, forget everything. I want to be the parent that I want to be. I want to be the athlete that I want to be. All of these things, it's just control is coming and there's a way for everyone to be a part of it. And I think that, you know, for people listening to the show, that is part of this episode, Dorian, that I really wanted to get into is this topic that you're saying is that people have more control than ever to be able to use things as a catalyst for what they want to be doing as a whole life health, whole happiness spectrum, not just one thing with jobs like this and contract work. So Dave, the thing that you said that just breaks my heart is what, what happens when someone works, you know, they're leaving for their commute at seven in the morning, they get home at six at night and then they have the leftovers. I mean, what if you could flip that, right? Yeah. Get up, you exercise because that wakes you up and you get to work on your passion from like eight in the morning till noon. I'm I'm still going to do the time the same. And then you're like, you know what? And then I take a break. And then because my life lets me, I work on my, you know, income producing because my hustle, my, my passion hasn't turned into my full-time thing. So I'm going to do my income producing activities from like three in the afternoon till 10. 
And then, you know, and then maybe I do some on the weekends, maybe. And then I can say yes to that gig that shows up on Tuesday afternoon. And they're like, can you come Wednesday morning? And I don't have to ask for the time off or lie and be like, I'm sick. So I can show up instead. I'm like, you know what? I can just kind of rearrange some things. Now, of course, you're accepting that it's contract work. It's not the same as having a nine to five job. You don't have the same security. So you have to be willing to embrace that. Yeah. But there's a lot more security in it than you realize. And you have so, so like just to flip the paradigm of when do I put my heart into my passion Love it. versus when do I put my heart into everything else? Whether you just want to be home with your kids, whether you want to pursue being an artist, whether you want to just be able to control your time. So you exercise when it works best for you. Yeah. Working remotely as a contract worker is by far the best way to make that happen. Love it. Yeah. And I, yes, totally. And like flipping those paradigms. I love like that you noted, like we don't want to have the scraps for this thing. And that's yeah. like what kills people. And that it, it is because what happens is they, they work this thing that doesn't energize them anyway. And then they, you're right. They have the scraps on the before and after, and they're, they're too tired. They sink into the Netflix couch. They do whatever they in, in unhealthy habits come in because they just, they're not being fulfilled. And then they're also not even having the time or the right times. And that's how I also think about life. Like, don't give yourself the scraps. Don't wait to do things until you're 95 years old and retiring <laughs> to live your life. Like going back to like the yes and stuff like that. Like I will say yes, because I'm living right now. You know what I mean? I'm alive right now. And there's things that needs to happen in my life now. I'm not waiting to 65 or 75 or 85 same thing with your day to day. Don't give yourself the scraps on anything. Like people have the ability to not have the scraps for things right now in their day and in their life. And there's a lot of ways that you can reshape what you're up to, to be able to accommodate that. And when it comes to like a day to day, when you're controlling that time, I also liked when you're talking about like, Hey, these are maybe the times that we do the income producing activity. These are the times that I do the creative that maybe isn't there yet, but maybe those hours could be the morning hours when I have a hyper focus, or maybe I'm a night owl and I do this, that now I'm shifting all these things around. And I like even breaking things down apart when you're talking about it, like an income producing activity and a creative activity and like a loving my family activity. I like that way of looking at your week instead of like, these are the Monday through Friday, nine to five hours that I do the thing that's this thing. And then I'm going to organize these other things. It's a very much simpler way to look at stuff when you're like, these are my income producing activities. These are my creative activities. These are my, you know, like, doesn't matter at all. I'm just doing this for fun. It doesn't matter. You know, these are my family time or my date time or whatever. I like looking at the week like that of like, what are my activities and what are they producing versus what are these other things that kind of get a little more stale as a concept, you know? I like the way you frame that. Yeah, for sure. And and I think a lot of your listeners have probably heard of the whole like big rocks, little rocks, tiny rocks thing, right? If you put if you put all the sort of urgent have to be done things in first as little rocks and you try to fill up a container and then you try to put the big rocks in, you just can't fit very many. But if you put the mm. big rocks in first and then you fill in with like the little tiny rocks, you can put a lot more in because you've made a plan for the big things. And I mean, not everything goes according to plan. Part of the reason I do what I do is so that I have a teenager who has a crisis in the middle of the day, they can come find me, right? Like, right. like that's a priority for me. And not everyone has that luxury. First of all, I want to be really clear on that. But when we take ownership of our schedule and we're willing to do what it takes to have that freedom and flexibility, 
then I can be flexible. I can say yes to my biggest priorities and Mm. fill in with the other things. And then when I am tired, because I've structured my day that way, I don't feel guilty. I feel like the hardest thing when we're so involved when a lot of things that suck our time and suck our energy away is then we feel we like get down on ourselves because all we have left to do is energy is Netflix on the couch. And it's like, right. You have the right to do that. Yeah. And it's like, man, what's wrong with me? All these other people, they have like all this hustle. And if I just had enough want, I could do this. And the truth is at some point we just tap out and the people who have the energy and recognizing some people have more energy than others, but I just think totally rather than having like this, Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person because of X, Y, and Z. I I'm wasting my time on the couch. It's saying, okay, what is not working? I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go find more information so I can make, I can take control so I can do the things I want to do. And it's about being empowered to choose rather than beating ourselves up because we're not somehow being successful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And for me personally, like just for people out there, I remember I have a mastermind that I created just for like audio engineers to just talk shop, just like anything. It's just nice to talk in your field to like see what people are thinking. And I remember we, we had an episode or like a, not an episode like this, but like a, a meeting. And I like talked about how, to your point, I was like, I feel guilty when I play video games because I'm not working on something. And it's like, dude, you have the right to play an hour worth of video games like every couple of days. Like that's okay. But I haven't played video games like at all for like years, but I like them. And I would just feel that like where I'd be like working a day job. I would be up at like 5.30 or 6. I'm still doing this too, by the way. So it's not like I'm a healthy person, perfect person, but you know, but like I, but I bought new video games. So I am playing video games, you know, but I would do that. And then I would side hustle. And then like the nights where I was like, I need to just, sleep early or I need to like just play video games or just watch a movie or just do stupid shit. I would feel guilty about it because it, cause I wasn't still working. And I was like, that's messed up. Like people are, <laughs> people need, you should be able to have the day that you want to have that hits all those big rocks and also allow yourself the time where you are a normal human being. And there's time where you do deserve to have the day that nothing happens. You have the, the couple hours, nothing happens. That's okay. Yeah. You know? That's so important, really. Something that's going to happen with people who are listening, because I know, because I've seen it and I watched it happen to myself. You think it's a good idea. And then you hear your parents in your head or you hear your friends in your head. And they're like, that's a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Or that's not how we do things. Or this is the way it needs to be done. And that doesn't The way matter. it's always been done. It's always been done that way. And the reason I'm thinking of this is you're talking about video games. How many of us as kids heard you're wasting your time if you play video games? Yeah. And yeah. I don't play video games, but I love to watch movies but I never was allowed to watch TV or movies during the week. That's just the, how the work, my family works. So when I'm, it's like Got Tuesday it. afternoon, evening, and I'm tired, I feel guilty turning on a movie, or I used to. And I realized I'm an adult. As long as I am a contributing successful adult, moving yeah. towards my goals, I get to choose how I recreate. Right, if that totally. Means, if that means if I'm choosing something that my parents said was a waste of time on a certain time, guess what? I get to change the story in my head. And I think it also applies to this whole idea of choosing to do a very different kind of working environment, like working 
from home, working as a contract worker. Like if you come from a background where you go to work, you put in your hours, you're probably not loving your job. And then like you have fun on the edges because you saw that growing up. And there's a lot of people who lived that life, right? Particularly 20, 30 years ago, you're going to hear stories in your head. You know, you can't have fun doing your job. It is not okay for me to work in the middle of the night and play in the middle of the day. It's not okay for me to work on the weekends. It's not okay for me to only work three days a week. It's whatever is going to work for you, right? And I think recognizing that you're hearing those voices, and if that has come up as your listeners are listening to this, or it shows up as they start to research these jobs, or people will actually say it to them as they start to like mention they're doing this. Absolutely. You're an adult. You're allowed to take risks. You're allowed to be messy and you're allowed to try to do something different. Yeah. And just because the people in your life think you're crazy doesn't mean you are, but it means you have to turn off those voices in a way that hopefully still maintains the relationships. But I had to do that. Boy, my, my parents were like, they're not entrepreneurs. They're like, you are doing what? Like, what about this? And what about this? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, it's good. You know, it was, it, those were some rough conversations because I had to not listen to these people I really honor and respect. Totally. Because I knew in my heart and again, back to our gut that I need to try this. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Oh, love it. And yeah, it's like, we're so, we're so brought up in, and this is why like, I definitely give you props to homeschooling and like, same thing. Like I love the social aspect of school, but I also hate the education system. So like I get you, you know, I don't know what decisions went into that, but I like, I feel like I partially get you, you know, without yeah. any concept. concept. Totally but, different podcast to talk about why I homeschooled, but I will say I had the same conversations about homeschooling. I did. I was like, yeah. I trust that this is the right decision for my family, even though you guys are terrified that I'm going to screw up my kids. Right. And over time, that has proved to not, my kids are, I mean, if they're weird, it's because I'm weird. It's not because I didn't. <laughs> and that's actually the truth of all homeschoolers. It has everything to do with the parents and not, and the family. Yeah. And, they just spend too much time with a weird person. It's not yeah, that they like spend too much time with other kids. So they get my weirdness. But, yeah. but I think that's true for anything. I think anyone who's passionate about something, if you're hearing voices that say, you can't make money doing that. That happens all the time too, right? You can't yep. make money doing the thing you love. Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta trust your gut enough to figure out how to make money. It's not yes. about, you can't, it's all about how, how do I figure it out? Very yes. different conversation. Yeah. It's like, it's always reverse engineering. It's like, I know that this is the thing that I want to do. How do I do the thing? And like the ability to have it be your first initial reaction is like, how do I do this thing? It's like yeah. that is hard to do. Cause like a lot of times the people it's like, what are the options? It's a or B. Like you said, you're like, I can have a or B, but like it takes a different way of thought or like getting used to a different way of thought to like, the first question is how do I do the thing? You don't even listen to a and B. You're like, I'm an adult. There's no rules, right? Like I can be a shit bag or I can be an awesome person or I can do whatever I want to do because I'm an adult and I have the decisions that I have with my life. Now there's no, like, these are the things that you do. There's no rule book. You do whatever you want to do. And people have perceptions on that. But other than that, you're just playing the game. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know. In that space, it's just like you, you have your own decision to make, you know? Yeah. And I think true adulthood starts when you wake up one day and you say, I'm going to be in charge of my life and I'm going to do things. And some people do that as a teenager because they either have to or they're naturally that way. 
Some people do that when they go to college or they kind of hit those 20s. And some people don't wake up until they're 55. And they're like, I don't have to be what other people say I have to be. I'm going to figure out my own version. Everybody, you know, and some people never do. And I think that's tragic. And that's the good news is you can wake up to the fact you can take control of your life no matter what age you are, no matter how, how much life you've lived. tomorrow you could wake up and say, I'm not going to listen to all those other voices. I'm going to figure it out. Totally. Love it. Yes. And like right now, I know that we have, we're closing in on like our time, but like there's some concepts that I wanted to hit on you. So sorry, people listening, if I'm like breaking our, (laughs) our flow up a little bit, but like, I'm going to steer the ship because like, I want to make sure that I, I suck out all the value from Torianne. I wanted to ask you like, cause we're talking about, okay, you know, we're getting into like, what are these alternative ways that we can work? You know, what is this way that we can balance family life in our, our day-to-day of like what works for us? I saw like in your, your notes beforehand, and I really want to talk about this because I think it's relative to people who are, I'm doing a home business here. What do you think about like, like working from home? You know, people who have never worked from home before, what's that transition like? What's that look like? And then also going off of that topic, like what's it look like to make a designated workspace and like that mentee there? I like that concept that you had in your notes. Okay. So we're going to assume you are not a single person living in an apartment and have complete control of your space. We're going to assume you either have roommates, you have kids, you have a spouse, whatever, right? Because if you're all alone, you'd stick a desk or a table, some part of the house. And you just, and I mean, I guess this applies to everyone. Having a dedicated space matters. Having a place where you can have your stuff, right? And my first dedicated space was on a corner of my couch with a basket next to my couch because I knew that I wanted my kids to be able to come talk to me and they needed to be able to find me, right? And they just knew not to touch my stuff. So we're going to assume that you now have distractions. You're struggling to try to figure out how do I do this thing and balance all the other demands that come into me on my space. Yeah. And part of it is making the intentional choice to create a space. Are you going to stick a desk in the corner of your bedroom and like figure out how to put up a screen because it matters because you're meeting with people. You don't want them to see your bed, right? Or are you going to be in a job where it doesn't matter if they see your bed, you're just going to make sure you make your bed before you get on zoom because you don't want to look like a slob. I've interviewed people with a messy bed behind them. Not a good plan, right? Like make yourself look presentable. (laughs) As I sit here with the drum kit and the leopard print behind me. (laughs) I know not everybody is, is watching this. There's a lot of people listening, but Dave, if I were to interview you, if I were working with you, your background wouldn't bother me because I know you're creative. Okay. And as long as you're, even if you were meeting with say clients or whatever, but let's say you're a sales guy and you're online, it looks like it's intentional and you're not a slob. Right? Okay. It it's like not have... intentional. I am not a slob, but it is not intentional. It's <laughs> and I know you have life. more stuff in your space right now. And so, or you explain it. You're like, look, this is why my background looks the way it does. But yeah. I actually think my current space is really helpful to explain this. So I need a space where I can meet with people. I can do this kind of conversation or have conversation with clients and I don't look like I'm sitting on my couch, right? But I don't have an office. We don't have that kind of luxury in my house. I am in the corner of... So for people who can't see me, the background looks pretty good. I have a little bit of decorative art. I have a plant. It's fake, but I have a fake plant in the background. I've got a curtain over here. It's a blank wall. I look like I'm in an office, right? It looks legit. Yeah. Yeah. It looks totally legit. I look like I make big bucks or whatever. (laughs) If I were to turn my camera around, you would see 
tiny little room meant to be a bedroom where we actually have an extra freezer, an extra refrigerator, and a whole bunch of like food because we have literally no space upstairs to store any food, right? Okay. So, and, and, and because I have no shame, I painted this section of the wall, but if I were to turn the camera a little bit, the rest of the room is like mint green. I love it. I love it. So I knew what I needed to be successful. And I said, I need a, I need literally the equivalent of a zoom window. What does this? And then I actually had a friend come over and help me do this. Cause this is not, this is not my skill set. Okay. So someone took me to like Smart. a home decorating store and said, give me a budget and we'll buy. It was cheap. I think I spent like 80 bucks on like the background because I was like, whatever. It looks fresh. Thanks. So looks great because I had someone else come help me. So <laughs> when you're talking about finding a place to carve out a space to work from home, don't say, well, I don't have a space. The number one requirement I had is it needed to be able to be quiet and I wanted some natural light and I have a window here with like a fake curtain. <laughs> and so I think we can get creative, whether it's put up a screen have a table that is like from Ikea that you like fold down when you're working and then you put up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, again, how can I make my current, like you, you at the beginning of the show or somewhere in the middle of the show talked about how creativity happens when we have constraints. Mm, And I think if I had a 10,000 square foot house in an office, like I wouldn't have had to be creative. If you don't have a lot of options you get to be creative and you're going to come up with something really amazing because you have tight constraints on your space. Yes. And again, like, like what we were saying, how can I make this work? What do I need? Not that's impossible. So therefore I can't do it. Right. Oh, love it. Yeah, totally. And like, I remember like, so for us, we have like this chain of like all these old school farm buildings that attach to the barn. Right. Oh, and cool. so like, we're, we're renovating them into different things like so that I don't have the overhead of like a leased business. And when I build things, someone can't come in and tell me that, you know, my lease is over or something. Right. So it's like an investment in the way that we conduct. But I remember like for this barn build that we're doing, like it's, you know, studio, it's all this fun stuff. I remember uh, like one thing that I talked about with like my designer was like, I really want an office space, not only for me, but for my wife. And the reason being is for exactly what you said, where I'm still going to be living at my home property. You know, I'm going to be, this is my home. This is where I live. Just like that corner of that house. That's, this is where you live. But when you step into that corner, different Tori Ann, different game right now. And that I want the same thing. I'm going to step outside of my house or I can go through the little buildings like a farmer from 1850s. You know, (laughs) I can walk around. Double, double outhouses on the way, you know, it's all there, you know, but when I get in there, I made sure that some of that square footage was literally going to be in office so that that way, when I go there, like that's me going to work. Like when I go into that office, shit's going down, like there's something happening there and it's not the same thing of me playing video games or Torian watching the movie. Like I'm, I would doubt that you ever watch a movie in that little corner right there. Like that, that corner right there is game mode for Torian to do stuff. And I see so much value in that. And I love that you're bringing up like where you started, where you had the corner of the couch. Me right here, I have a bedroom while we're working on the property. This is just a bedroom, but like this room, I don't do anything else in here. Mm -hmm. I write music, I work with people, I podcast. That's why it's jumbled up like this because it has lighting and, and instruments and sound panels. And like, 
the only thing that happens in here is business, but I'm not sitting in here hanging out, playing video games. I'm not, but, but even if you don't have a room or you don't have the whatever, I like that you were talking about the early times of like, I had the corner of the couch that I had the basket. The basket was off limits of messing with that stuff because when I have this basket open and I have the stuff and I sit at this corner of couch, there's this thing that we do with like habits and the way that like we do a thing with the certain things in a certain space and it changes the way that our mind works. And I think that with this new burst of people working from home, you know, I would love if you all go out and do stuff like hit up, integrate up and like do things and, and, and find things that work for what you want to do. But like, say you, you change up your life. You've been, you know, doing the typical nine to five, but now you're doing 3 PM to 10 PM, you're working contract work and you're doing whatever. It is so important to have a space that has a habit that clicks right away that like kicks in that piece of your mind that says, okay, if I'm working from home, what puts me in game face and what doesn't? Because you can't just hang out and like eat goldfish or something and like just chill and like whatever. When you're trying to like get game face, you got to do some stuff right now. What what corner of the room, what corner of a couch, what can you do that clicks things up to where you need to be at? Like that's that's really important, I think. Yeah. And, and so 100%, like, be, like when I know I come down here, I'm working, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. it's really important. And the, the side benefit is everyone else also knows I'm working. So yeah, if someone oh comes God. and talks to me, they know that they're entering my time that's dedicated for this. And that doesn't mm. mean they can't come talk to me. Yeah. But there's a different attitude. Like if I decide to like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sit down for 15 minutes at my kitchen table and work on something. I'll have 8,000 interruptions because I still have a big family at home. Yeah. But if I'm down here, they kind of give me the space and they'll knock on the door and it'll be kind of like, hey, mom, can I talk to you? And of course I'll say yes. But, you know, whether it's your spouse or your roommates or whatever, even if you're sitting on the corner of the couch with your stuff open, with your headphones on or whatever, you're sending a signal. I'm in work mode yeah, to them yeah. as well as you. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Like I read a story about someone where it was an athlete. It was a pro athlete that said when they, they got so used to like putting their headphones on and listening to like their jam before they like played that that now same activity is they can take headphones and put them on, but not play music. But when they put the headphones on, it automatically makes them focus and hyper-focus like mm -hmm. before they work out because they've now created this thing of like when the headphones go on, I'm juiced and I'm ready for the game. It's the same thing. And, and I like what you brought up about people also understanding that because it is an indicator. You're like, oh, when that person goes to that space, they do the thing. And that's like... That's so important as well for people working from home. That's really yeah, important. for sure. And I mean, if you're a contract worker, they're trusting that you're working. Like it's it's not cool to get paid if you're not working. So you yeah. gotta you gotta have a way to tell yourself, I'm at home and I'm working, even if no one's watching me. Right, right. Because it's on you. Like you, you yeah. will get fired from contract work if you're not doing well, yeah. it. You can't like, just chill. Like you have to actually put output out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's and, yeah. and that's that's the beauty of contract work, but it's also kind of the downside is it's really easy to let you go if you're not showing up correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like even on that point, like that's that is another benefit is that like, you know, because you just need to do output, as long as you're accountable to the output, there's a lot of things like during the day where like I will go for I'll walk my dog like midday. You know what I mean? Or like I'll go work out at crazy times or I'll go for like a coffee date with like another entrepreneur or something, pick their brain, get super juiced and then go hit more appointments with like customers or whatever. And like, 
that is such a fulfilling way to live the day. But like, there's as, as long as you're putting the output and you have that self-discipline of like, I'm going to wake up and make sure that in my day I do the things. And then those are the benefits that we talked about earlier that, that give you these abilities. And it's, it's cool to be able to do that modern life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So many benefits from working from home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Setting those boundaries. Right though. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So it stinks because like, I definitely could hang out with you. Like I could just keep going. Cause like I'm, I, I got sucked into way more, which is what happens on these podcasts way more than I prepared for. I had bullet points. It's like, I want to hit all these bullet points, but like, we just got so much good story from you, but I have six questions that I ask at the end of the podcast, Torian, if you're cool for that. Yeah, you know, let's we do it. Bit long. We'll keep it short. We'll keep it tight. Perfect. Wonderful. That's what I like. So the first question is why do you wake up and do what you do every single day versus any other thing that you could do? Because I absolutely love what I do. Absolutely. I do what I love and I get rid of the things I don't. Or I learn to love the things I have to do. (laughs) Hmm. Cool. I like that perspective. What would be the biggest mistake that you've made? Or if you're just a really positive person, because I know a lot of people are, what would be like something that you tell five years ago or 10 years ago, you like, don't do this thing? Uh, I think we covered it a little bit. I would say the biggest mistake I made was assuming I couldn't work from home soon enough. I assumed Hmm. I, I had to work outside the home. So therefore there was no way to make money and be a mom. And going back, I would tell myself to figure out a way to bring in income sooner, even if it was just five hours a week while my kids were sleeping. Cool. Yeah. Just do something and figure it out. Right. Yep. Yep. I just didn't know it was an option. Totally. And a lot of people don't. And hopefully listen to this episode or do other things, check out your stuff and realize that they totally can. They should do it. Flip side, best thing that you've done along the way. Sometimes it kind of like aligns with it, but like what would be your best idea you've ever had? Best idea I've ever had? I like to mess with people. I'm sorry. Well, based on the fact I love what I do from home, and I'm not just saying this because this was the topic, but I love the flexibility and freedom I have. I would say the best thing I ever did was say yes to being that bookkeeper way long before I had the right to say I could do bookkeeping. I just, I look back at that and I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that moment is probably, I mean, getting married to my spouse. Like I could pick like life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me personally, it was, it was that, that changed everything for me. There's a before and an after right there. Oh, totally. And like, I always expect like people, like there's other choices past, like just our careers and things where like, if I never married Meg, I'd probably be eating ramen only and sleeping like three hours a night and being like a trash human in LA somewhere. You know what exactly. I mean? Like that's who I would be. I know that I would be that person without that. So there's, there's other decisions that are very important like yeah. that, but I'm just saying like, I like asking it like this for career. So yeah, for my career, absolutely best choice ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, all right. So what would be Tori Ann's superpower? Like, what is a superpower that you have? Like, people are like, damn, she is just awesome with this thing. So this is one I've actually figured out because I wanted to be able to say it just in general. I'm like, what am I super good at? And I totally. would say my superpower is bringing order to chaos. Hmm. And so whether it's a closet Whether it's a business, whether it's a trip, my ability is to look at all the pieces. I can see how they all fit in my head and I can just slot them into, we need to do things in this order. We need, like, I just can like intuitively do it and my creative juices just flow. So yeah, bringing order to chaos. Thus the planner, 
right? Right. But then being this great word I love, which is called flexible. So you've made a plan and then you have to be flexible. So the plan Mm. happens and then it's all the mess that happens and you're flexible in the middle. So I would say that most people who are the planner type or the person that brings organization to chaos are not able to be flexible. I would say that that's not. So maybe that's like my like co-superpower is I can also be flexible. That's, that's huge. (laughs) That's usually not it. It's usually like, I color coordinated all these things for the trip and we were supposed to be able to do this. And like, we're, we're going to do this. And it's like, the place is closed. Like we can't go there. And it's like, we're going to do this thing. You know what I mean? Being flexible. That's also, that's a super, super power. You've gone another level in on your superpower. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I feel it. What would be a resource that you would recommend to the audience could be a book, a YouTube video, a movie, like any, any type of thing. It can be any, any portion of our conversation, really anything that you feel is a resource that's valuable to people who might be listening. Outside of maybe what I would offer them just in general, what I have, what I've done. Oh, this one, I did not come prepared. Or podcast or audiobook, like blog post, any, any, any oh. resource where you're like, Hey, if you haven't checked this out, you really should take a second and check it out. Okay. So I believe in the gut. So I'm going to go with the first thing that came to my gut, even though it seems super random. I like it. I think that, I don't know if your listeners have heard of the miracle morning. What I love about it is Mm. it's a way to use, it's a, it's a very simple process in the morning. You do it for just a few minutes to help you get your goals. And it is not like any other kind of goal setting. Like if you're not a goal setter, you can still do miracle morning, super short book, And it's all about mindset. It's all about shifting how you think about yourself and how you think about your goals. And it's got a little bit of that woo-woo manifesting stuff, but not so much that it's going to like turn people off who aren't really into that. So I'm going to go with that just because that's what my gut said and brought to my mind. (laughs) I dig it. Yeah. And for people out there, I haven't mentioned it, I think in a long time, but I have read that. And I do also like you're right. Like there, there's just a hint of woo woo. Mm-hmm. You can go down that rabbit hole as much as you want to go, but like there's a very practical approach of how you set your day up that just makes sense. It yeah. just makes sense. And it works really well. And I love that. Love that book. Last would be where do people keep up with you? Where do they keep up with integrate up? And then actually I totally blanked on like getting further into it, but I know that you have like a awesome Facebook group with it. So like, where do people keep up with you in this stuff? Yeah, for sure. So integrateup.co is if you're looking to hire, but if you want to like know what jobs our particular company or other people are doing in the online space, come find our free Facebook group. It's called Hire Up Online because Hmm. that's, you're going to get hired up and hire up online. And we give tips on how to interview. We give tips on how to fill out applications specific to online positions. And then because it's a free Facebook group, lots of people will come in and post jobs that they're looking for. And it's a great place to hang out, even if you're not ready to make that leap yet, because you'll start to get a feel for the types of jobs there are within this specific world. Yeah. By far, we are just one little niche in a very big online world, but you can also ask questions in there. So I'd say, come find us in that Facebook group, higher up online. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome place to be at. Just people talking about what they need and what you can do. And those are all important things. Yeah, yeah. And we love to support anyone who's wanting to get a job online and remote work. That's definitely what we want to help people do. Cool. So for people that are listening to this on a podcast platform, just check out the show notes below. There will be links to all of these things that Torian 
spoke on, or you can go to wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. And she's got her own little blog post on there that has these links as well. So if you're walking a dog or driving a car or something, there's an easy way that you don't have to be writing when you're doing that. So Please don't do it while you're driving a car. (laughs) Don't do that. I say it all the time, but I feel like people do do that. So don't do that. (laughs) Please stop doing that. So Torian, thank you for being on the podcast here and and talking through all these things. This is such an awesome perspective to have on the show. Oh, Dave, it's been such a delight. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's just been wonderful. Awesome. Cool. 